This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, so uh, last night was an intriguing one. The game we thought was going to be the game of the night was, for one side, the Boston Bruins. Nothing like starting off a game with two shorthanded goals. There it was. Look, the Vancouver Canucks were due for one of those, right? You're due for a clunker. And you know what it means? It's uh, the word I'm searching for. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's a game in early February. It's calm down. I understand that it was against the Boston Bruins. I get all that. I understand it all. But as much as we, and I'm guilty of this, I did it too. Hype this one up. Top two teams in the NHL. Here we go. It's a great game for the Boston Bruins. And you know they're going to come out like they did last night against Vancouver after dropping a tough one to the Calgary Flames a couple days earlier and playing the way that they did and being blasted by the coach the way that they were. You knew that was going to happen for the Boston Bruins. You knew they were coming out like that. What did Ilya Brzezgala refer to Team Canada in 2010 Vancouver, Canada, Russia as? Uh, like gorillas let out of a cage. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't to that extreme, but I think you know where I'm going with, uh, with that one. So an interesting, uh, an interesting couple of games last night. I think there's some significant questions about the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, now with the Mikhail Sergachev injury and what is the future for them. Uh, not exactly a secret that they were already looking for one defenseman. Now they're looking for two defensemen, knowing for well you cannot replace Sergachev. Here's one of the questions we asked today on TJMS. Could the Tampa Bay Lightning be buyers or sellers rather at trade deadline and not buyers? It's one of the things we'll get to here with uh, Elliot Friedman coming up in a couple of minutes. Also, Craig Morgan will stop by to talk about the latest with the Arizona Coyotes. Craig has a really interesting piece up right now, actually on YouTube, uh, in a, a conversation uh, where he outlines what government sources have told him about this parcel of land and how the whole thing could be wrapped up in three months. Now, I do understand that the term wrapped up is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. What exactly does wrapped up mean? We'll get into that with Craig Morgan, the future of the Arizona Coyotes on the docket of conversations on today's program. This is a recording. Mike Rupp will stop by from the NHL Network, tour around the NHL, and last night specifically, and uh, Matt Marchese, our producer slash fill-in host, will stop by as well. Get a little look at what's going on this weekend, uh, most specifically Hockey Night in Canada. In the meantime, a couple of things from last night. Calgary over the New Jersey Devils. Welcome back, Jack Hughes. Always a better league when Jack Hughes is in it, right? New Jersey's always a better team when Jack Hughes is on it, right? Well, things didn't exactly go swimmingly last night for the uh, for the New Jersey Devils. And full marks, again, full marks to the Calgary Flames. For as much as we want to look at the Flames and say, nah, it's not there, trade everybody, futures, futures, futures. I mean, this week specifically, they've beaten a couple of really good teams here, the Boston Bruins and now the New Jersey Devils. And Andre Kuzmenko scored again. So Calgary wins the trade, right? Because Vancouver got shut out and uh, 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 Lindholm didn't score. So Kuzmenko did. So Calgary wins the deal. That's how we're doing this, right? Of course not. Jacob Markstrom with 37 saves. Again, I'll echo something that Elliot's been saying for a while uh, here on podcast, on television. If you even think about approaching the Calgary Flames about Jacob Markstrom, who last night, 37 saves. He was awesome. He's had an awesome year. Goldie Whisperer was on Kevin Woodley a couple of weeks ago and said he's having a Vesna type trophy season. Vesna trophy type season, rather. 
As Elliot has mentioned a couple of times, if you're coming for it with an offer, it better be a big one. If you want Jacob Markstrom, Noah Hannafin with two assists in that one, his great week continues, as does Calgary's. Carolina over Colorado, questions there. Questions in Colorado. 5-2 is the final. How about Martin Natchez? Kicks off the game with a natural hat trick. First hat trick of his career. And don't look now, but the Winnipeg Jets have lost five straight. Womp womp. Elliot Friedman, 32 Thoughts Hockey Night in Canada, joins me now. How are you, Fridge? You know, I know this is a politically incorrect thing to say, Jeff, but I'm Juicy, walking here we go. around. I, I'm walking around today, and to see the weather like this on yeah. February 9th, it's very hard not to be pro-global warming. <laughs> okay, here's what I'll come back at you with. As okay. someone who prides himself in making a backyard rink every year for the kids, not only his kids, but the neighborhood kids as well, this year yeah. so far we've had, I think, downer. somewhere between three to five skates this year. I love making that thing. I love watching the kids on that thing. I love when they bring all their buddies over after practice. They skate for another couple of hours. I love late-night floods and scrapes when all you can hear, because as you know, I'm out in the country, all you can hear is coyotes, and all you see is the moon, and you're out flooding, and it's a beautiful thing. I have not been able to do that. So as much as I do appreciate the weather, and I understand what you're saying, Man, this has been the worst year in this area to make a rink. So I will balance your, this is awesome, pro-global warming, Elliot Friedman. You and your oil cabal and you and your billionaires, Elliot. Uh, I'll counter with, think of the children. Think of the children that just want to skate in the backyards. But I do get it. It's, I, I, it's I just got a very unhappy text from one of our coworkers. He is not pleased with that stance. <laughs> uh, does his name rhyme with David Amber? Uh, yes, it does, as a matter of fact. Oh. I gotta say this. It's not David Amber, it just rhymes with David Amber. That's right. I gotta say this, Dave. For all the poking fun we put you here, I do appreciate your loyal listenership. Because Dave has told me many times, I hear you enough in person, I limit how much I tune into (laughs) you on various platforms. But... But that's the thing with Amber. Like he, uh, the thing that I know about Dave is he's tuned into all of it. He listens to all. He reads all as well. You've seen the Amber binder of information yeah. that he lugs around with him on every team. Like that is that's that's really impressive. And he's always updating it. That guy, that guy puts in a full twenty four every day. Okay, uh, about last night. You know, mentioning off the top, the game of the night that we all look forward to, and now these two teams are are, are tied. Uh, with 73 points, number one in the NHL, the Boston Bruins and the Vancouver Canucks. You knew Boston was going to come out with a better effort after they got scotched by the Calgary Flames coming back from the break, and they did. And it was two shorthanded goals, Brad Marchand and Danton Heinen, and the Boston Bruins were off to the races. I put exactly zero into this game from the Vancouver Canucks' point of view. I don't look at it as a measuring stick or a test or anything. I just say this is a really good team that's had a really good run, and you're going to have a clunker here and there. Agree, disagree? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, their fans don't like it. Um, you know, they they don't like to lose the Bruins. Right. Uh, yeah, like they, I mean, the, the fans won't, won't let it slide as much as, as we will. But you're going to have your stinkers. There's, you can't have too many of them, but you're going to have them. I, I have no doubt that the Canucks fans would wish that stinker would maybe happen on this trip in Washington or somewhere else as opposed to Boston. Yeah. Uh, but, 
you know, that, that is what happens. And, you know, I, the one thing I think you, like you, the only thing you don't like about it from a uh, Canucks perspective, like just organizationally, is you get the big boost of Lindholm r- arriving and you get that big win mm-hmm. in Carolina and you, you think you're going to ride some momentum here. So to see, and, and like watching Talkit last night, the one thing he won't like as a true tough guy, like a, a legit tough guy is the game goes wrong yeah. for you early and you just say this isn't our night. And they're going to hear about that. They, they will hear about that because that's what a coach is supposed to do. A coach, is, a coach isn't supposed to like let that one slide like me and you are here. He's going to say to them, yeah. in the playoffs, we're going to have nights like this. Does it mean that we're shutting down in a playoff game? That's what he's going to say to them. Mm. Um, speaking of talking to the Vancouver Canucks, what do you make? And, you know, Rick Dollywall has been all over this one. What do you make of the Phil Kessel talk in Vancouver? Well, I, you know, I, first of all, I don't think Rick is wrong. That's for sure. Uh, uh, yes. Nobody knows what's going on there, on there more than uh, he does. Uh, so I, I think he's right. Um, you know, Kessel has been biding his time. Um, and he wants to play. And, um, you know, I'll tell you this. I, I think at times this year, I think the Canucks have said, I don't know if there's a fit here. Uh, they, they, don't, they, don't, they didn't necessarily think the pieces of the puzzle made sense. But what I think is different now is when you're, when you're trying to win the Stanley Cup and you think you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, you're you're always looking and saying, "What if we need one more goal in the playoffs? What if there's a big goal down the stretch that we're going to need scored? Where are we going to find it?" Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you look at Phil Castle, and you know he's not the difference maker he used to be, but he's still right. Phil, and. Uh, he can score you a big goal in the playoffs. I, I think you start looking at everything. And also, don't forget, you've got two people who really like him there. Tockett loves him, and Rutherford loves yeah. him. And Rutherford. I think the, the other thing, too, is that, and I don't think this is a small thing for Kessel, it's going to be tense there because it's Vancouver, and the pressure's going to be on, and the expectation's going to be on, and... You got a guy there who can turn a toaster into an endless bed. Like he's a good guy to have around. <laughs> um, you know my hockey dream, and I've had this one for a number of years, and it involves Phil Kessel, and that is the team at the other end of the rink acquiring him, and Phil Kessel helping leading that team to the Stanley Cup final and winning a Stanley Cup, and then the thank you Kessel chance return, but in a positive way for Phil. What about Boston? You know, like I, I, that would be quite a story. Like I, I, like I don't think there's just one team here. I think there's a couple of things he's considering, um, and so. But I don't know that Boston is that one of those teams. I think if Boston does anything, it's probably center flexibility. But I like the idea. I don't. I, I don't know that you're wrong there. I'll tell you that much. I, I don't know that you're well, right, I, but I don't know that you're I, wrong. Again, this is like a Friday afternoon leading into the weekend, cozy conversation. But, you know, you look at the salary cap situation with the Boston Bruins going into this one, 
And unless they're looking to move money out to help this team, maybe a lot of these moves need to be done on the cheap. And I don't think Phil Kessel is coming in to ring the bell. I, I don't know. Like, again, this is just, you know, my perfect hockey world. And can Phil Kessel help lead the Boston Bruins, dare I say it, uh, to a Stanley Cup berth? I don't know. I've just always had that in the back of my mind. Wouldn't it be great? Like, we all have those scenarios, right? Wouldn't it be great if this player did that and this player went back home and then this happened with that team? I, I think we've seen that story countless times. And for me, I've always had this Phil Kessel back to Boston thing. But I'll get off it now. So, well, you know, Ellie, I'll your fans you are calling thing. in the background. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to be able to hear that. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> the other the other team I wanted to vote for a while, but I just don't think it can work now, was Edmonton. And because yeah. I just don't think you can have Corey Perry and Kessel there. I just, I don't know if you can do that in two spots. So, um, I don't. Yeah. I, I I thought about that earlier in the year about how that might be a good fit. I just don't think it makes sense anymore. Uh, we'll see Edmonton back in action against the Blackhawks, by the way, um, as they try to start a new uh, winning streak. Calgary Sox. Flames over the New Jersey Sox, Devils. Kuzmenko um, scores. What's that? Yes, Sox. against against the Ducks. Sorry, against yeah. against the Ducks tonight. Um, Calgary faces off against the New Jersey Devils last night. Calgary, everything's coming up. Calgary right now, big win against Boston, win against the New Jersey Devils last night. Markstrom was excellent. Kuzmenko was fantastic. Uh, a little bit of, as they call it in the uh, premiership, as I understand, controversy uh, involving yeah. Vitek Vanacek and the Nazem Kad. Here's my question to you. Why didn't that empty net goal count? Well, I knew I knew you were going to ask me this, so I actually did preparation. It's not regular for me, but I what? did preparation. What? Yes, I asked. I said, I, I said, mm. why did, why did that not count? And I was told it was because of the head contact with Vanacek. They just blew it dead. That's what I was told. Okay. I said with the with the goalies, there's okay. always a. Ever since Ryan Miller, it's like protect the goalies. Uh, Brian Miller being on Lucic, you're talking about the uh, the yes. Boston Buffalo yes. situation. Yes. yes. So that's okay, why I was so, told was blown um, down was because Vanek checked Okay. Because uh, Menko scores again for the uh, yeah. the Calgary Flames. Like Calgary to me is a fascinating team because it's not like they've gone away. It's, it's very much the opposite. And now they've won two games in a row against, you know, one team was a Stanley Cup contender and the other is just welcoming back uh, Jack Hughes and they're always dangerous and that's the New Jersey Devils. Markstrom's been amazing, and he was amazing again last night. And uh, Kuzmenko was fantastic again last night for the Calgary yeah. Flames. I know we've talked about Hannafin and Tanev, etc., but are they kind of doing two things at the same time here, rebuilding and competing at the same time? Yeah, sort of. I, I think the one thing the Flames made it very clear was, look, like, all you can do is, you, you, you can judge people on what they say or, or what they do. And I think, as you know, in our business, we get spoon-fed a lot of stuff. Some of it is true. Some of it is not. But what they do is instructive mm-hmm. on what they're really thinking. And if you look at all of Calgary's trades, with the exception of Zadorov, which was purely for picks, Yeah. You know, to Foley, they got a guy who can play now, a young guy who can play now, and he's played very well for them. Uh, now in this trade with Vancouver, and part of it was salary cap, but also they wanted they got a, a, a young guy who can play now, and that's Kuzmenko. And I think that's exactly what 
Calgary want. They don't just want futures. They want young players that can play for them. And, you know, Kuzmenko's not young, young, but he's still got a lot of hockey in front of him. Yeah. But so yeah. I, I think, you know, I think that's what they want. I, I think they just want, they want, like, we have this debate all the time about the dreaded middle, right? Berkeley talks about it all the time, the mushy middle. Yeah. Um, and, and that's yeah. a fair thing. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, some of these teams, they don't like bottoming out. They don't like the lottery, even though it's been kind of neutered a little bit. Um, they, they don't like all of that stuff. And, they, and especially selling tickets, when you're like that, yeah. it's very, very hard. So the, the, you have to trust yourself to draft and develop, but you've got, you've got to be in a situation where you give people a reason to come to the games, and also you have to give yourself the best chance to not be a team. Like, like you know, we talked on the mm-hmm. pod about Buffalo, Jeff. Buffalo, yeah. they, they yeah. did hit rock bottom, and it's been 12 years. Like, I think people are scared of yeah. things like that. So you want guys who can play. Uh, quick flame zone as well. Calgary's were called Dustin Wolf. Uh, Dan Vladar is on IR with the LBI oh. lower body injury. Um, I want to quick chat here about the Washington capital. So they, they lose again last night, the doubled up by the Florida Panthers, as you pointed out on the, on the podcast, most recently Ovechkin has now scored in back to back games. So that's good. But this is a team that now has the Boston Bruins, the Vancouver Canucks and the Colorado Avalanche. Those are the next three for the Washington capitals. February is a killer for the caps. And I got a text from someone this morning just before I went on air, and I'll, I'll read it to you, okay? And get your thoughts on this one. This comes in at 11.29 a.m. Okay. Mantha is going to be the Bar- Mantha is going to be the Barbashev-Kempney trade this year. Hmm. What do you think of that? He's got 16 goals, Elliot. Yeah. He's played better. What do you think? Look, I, I have always believed, Jeff, and I don't think I'm the only guy who believes it. That that uh, that guy has all the talent. Uh, I've always believed that that guy has all the gift and talent in the world to yep. be a star. Now mm-hmm. I'll tell you this: I'm always wary of of players, Jeff, who get hot when there's a new contract coming. Like that always makes me worry. What is the motivation here? But I could. Why do you hate Sam Reinhardt? <laughs> uh, that guy's generally played pretty hard. I would say he's he's not he is not fit this. But but thanks for doing that to me. I oh, hope okay. his family's listening. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, no problem. You know, I, I think that I think the thing about Manta is like if I was a manager right now, I would be sending. Everybody whose opinion I have in the organization to go see Manta. Because you have to be looking at this and thinking, this guy knows he's playing for his future and he's motivated. And I would be looking at it. I would. Now, I don't know that I would be the person who gives him the next deal. But again, it goes back to what we were just talking about with Vancouver. You're going to need one more goal in the playoffs 
Anthony Manita can score it for you. Yeah. See, here, here's the thing about Mantha that's always been alluring, and I, I try not to, I try not to project too much into the NHL what I saw in junior hockey, but there was that year when he played at Valdora where he scored 81 goals in 81 games. It was yeah. incredible. He has tremendous size. He has, I mean, Ellie, you've seen it. You know, when it's there, he has remarkable hands. His hands are tremendous. Is the it factor there? Is the hustle? Is all of it there all the time? Well, clearly no for Mantha. But he must be a, just like such a frustrating player to coach because you look at him and you say the tools are there, the size is there, but where's the there there with Anthony Mantha? But if someone can unlock it, I don't disagree with what this person texted me this morning. Yeah, if you can I unlock it and right. he's properly motivated... Like, he is, the potential is all there for Anthony Mantha. Um, okay, uh, a couple often, more things here. But um, you're right. Wow. Uh, okay, record that. That's the new open of the show. Uh, here's what I want to know. Here's what I'm curious about. Uh, I don't think the Colorado will be sellers. Those are very much in this, even though they're going through a speed wobble right now. But I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I say the same thing about Tampa. And I'm yeah. not sure if I say the same thing about Toronto. Now, these are two teams that are still very much in the playoff conversation. These are two, well, I mean, with Tampa, it's, it's injuries, and they've turned the need for one defenseman into the need for two defensemen right now. Do you have a thought on, you know, surprise selling teams? Normally, we look at teams like the St. Louis Blues, right? And Doug Armstrong, who just when you think they're going for it because they're in the conversation, he sells off. And boom, you know, Stastny's gone, for example. Could you see a scenario where, as we get the trade deadline, both Tampa and Toronto don't buy but sell? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that Tampa will sell. Like, like my question is, when you're talking about sell, what is that for Tampa? Like, who are you selling? I think when you're, I, I, perhaps sell is a misnomer. Maybe the yeah. better way to phrase this: Do you th- do you see these two teams keeping their powder dry? If we're just going to couch okay, it and you're a buyer I, or a seller, the, 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 the teams Tampa. that are in the middle are Tampa Tampa and Toronto. See, I, I do wonder this about Tampa. I, I really do. I, You know, they always go for it, and they should. They've always been kind of in a yeah. winning scenario. But, like, the thing I look at with Tampa this year is their points percentage, 567, that's very mid for them. Very mid for Tampa. That's lower than what we are used to. You just lost Sergachev, who's a very important player for you, Um, and like, and and you're decimated in terms of your draft pick base because you've gone for it all these years, right? And nobody and nobody blames them for that. Like they won two cups and they they were two wins away from another. Nobody's ripping the Lightning for that. I just wonder if, honestly, they're going to look at it. And the one thing I really like about this organization is internally, they are brutally honest about their decisions. So if you're you're wired that way, Jeff, are you looking Mm -hmm. at this and saying, is this the year to use whatever we've got? Now, if you can get a player with term, I think it's always different. Always. A good player with term, and they've done that. They did it with Hagel. 
They did it with Goodrow. They did it with Coleman. If you have a, if you can get a good player with term, I think it's different. But rental, I don't know that I'd be doing that with them this year. And you know, again, they still have so many good players. Mm-hmm. You add the right long-term yeah. piece. There's no reason they can't contend next year. Now Toronto, as you know, I have said many times this year, I am not convinced that this is the season for them to um, go for it either. However, there are always right. market market forces at play. Um, I've had people tell me that this opinion is not shared by some people who matter, and. So, but, and, and as we talked on the pod today, I believe what Toronto was trying to do is say, how can we maximize our first round pick? Right. And look, I think they've got some other pieces there. Like, I I don't know what Robertson's future is, but he's been a little bit hot. Like, but I just don't think they, like, they don't want to trade knives. They don't want to trade Cowan. They don't want to trade Minton. I think the thing that they really are, I don't even think they really want to trade their first rounder, but if you're going to do something, that's probably going to be what it is. So I think what they've kind of done is talk themselves into, okay, if we're going to do this, how can we maximize it? And, you know, I wrote this week Mm -hmm. and I a thousand percent believe it's cool that, and I should, because I wrote it, uh, that the first rounder would have been part of a Tanner Zadorov deal with Calgary if that would have happened. So that's what I think they're trying to do is how can we maximize the first rounder? Now, the team that uh, handed it to Tampa last night, the New York Islanders, uh, Horvat and Barzell with two points, one goal, one, one assist each. 6-2 is the final score. Uh, Ilya Sorokin with 18 saves. You know, I, I looked up, it was like the beginning of the third, and Tampa had only, uh, only taken 11 shots uh, on, on Sorokin. Not the best effort from Tampa last night, but full credit to the New York Islanders. Um, all of a sudden, Elliot, the team with the weirdest-looking record in the NHL is back in the playoff conversation, the New York Islanders. Well, there's there's no doubt that Watt has pumped some life in there. Um, uh, you know, they, they came back. Sorokin, uh, Sorokin stole that game in Toronto. They were good, and Barzell especially was good. But Sorokin made the big saves when it matters, and he made sure they won it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, too, like, the thing I like most about the Islander win last night is um, I know it's, it's one of your devastating back-to-backs, Jeff, the, the long drive from <laughs> Manhattan to Long Island. Yeah. Uh, no, it's bu- you know, bu- Buffalo I, to New York I, is a tough one. I Buffalo know, to New York is I know a tough one. I know it's really taxing, uh, but, <laughs> like, that, that, you know, Tampa's playing back-to-back. They suffer the yep. loss of a very important player in a gruesome injury. Like, they're reeling. And, you, you know, like, you, what you want in a good way is your team to yep. take the personality of your head coach. When Patrick Waugh was at his peak, do you think an opponent in that situation had any chance to beat either Montreal or Colorado? Not a chance. And if it would have happened, no. he would have lost his freaking mind. And New York jumped on Tampa Bay right away. 
And that game yeah. was, all, was almost never in doubt. And the other thing, too, and I, I wrote it and we talked about it, it's very clear to me that part of this Patrick Waugh, Lou Lamorello conversation was we are unlocking Matthew Barzell. Like, we are he's playing 20. I didn't check what he played last night, even strength. No. But since Waugh's been hired, he's played 20 minutes a game, even strength. And so, you know, and against Toronto in that game this week, they couldn't handle him. Like, they, they could not deal with him. And so it is mm-hmm. time that Barzell is being unleashed on the NHL. And you know what? He's their best and most dynamic player. So you have to, yeah. and he's making nine point one five million, Jeff. Like in in the cap world, those are the guys you got to ride. He looked great again last night. Like full stop. Like he Barzell looked tremendous last night. Um, real quick before I let you go, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Winnipeg Jets four to one. And all of a sudden, the Winnipeg Jets now have lost five games in a row. And a lot of the conversation around the Central is first place is crucial because two oh, yeah. playing three in that division is something that nobody wants to contemplate. Uh, but what's happened to the Jets here? And do they, I mean, I know they just made the Sean Monaghan move last week, well, seven days ago exactly. Uh, do they need to make another move quickly here? Well, look, I mean, the, the one thing about the Jets is. They, they still have good math. They're squandering it a bit, but of those three teams, they have the best math. Um, they're, they're very fortunate that at the same time that they're doing a nosedive, Colorado is too. Um, they, they, the, the Avalanche have really not looked good uh, since we got out of the All-Star break. Um, I, I'm curious about that. Um, Look, I, I think right now if the Jets are going to do something else, they've, they've given up their, probably their biggest piece to trade, right? Their, their first rounder. I don't yeah. know what else yep. that they would have that they would be willing to do that is going to make as big an impact. But, you know, to me, Jeff, and I, I rewatched some of the Jets last night just to, to take a look at it. And, like, all that structure that they had, it's, it's gone. Like, they, they are not, like, no, they're not scoring, and you can't win if you can't score 100%. But I don't know if I'm the only one who sees this or people think I'm wrong, but that team watching them right now, out of the break, it's not the same team yeah. you saw with all the detail and discipline going in. They, they're just not themselves. They're wild. They're putting, they're, they're putting pucks into places that, or going into places we didn't see all year. And they just have to get back to that. By the way, I do think Dallas Dallas is still – I've said this all year and I'm saying it again. I think they're going after uh, as good a defenseman as they can find at a price that they're comfortable to pay. I, but I, I do right. think they're – I think they're really in and around this D market here. Uh, I don't think that should surprise anybody. We've been talking about a DL season for the um, uh, for the Dallas Stars. I know there was you know a, a little bit of playing footsies with with Patrick Kane, but uh, they're more committed to to finding a D. You mentioned the Winnipeg Jets can watch them tomorrow on Hockey Night in Canada, seven o'clock Eastern, as they face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, okay, Fried, you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll watch for you on Hockey Night tomorrow. All right, Merrick, have a have a good weekend, man. Oh. By the way, what's your Super Bowl? Are you doing 
Are you doing Niners or are you doing Chiefs? I follow what my kids say, and they are huge Chiefs fans. Huge Chiefs fans. They're huge. So I I, I go with my kids. Uh, Correct. Absolutely, 100%. This is like, look, they're they're 12 and 14, so yeah. <laughs> it's only a couple of years ago they discovered that they like football. So yeah, they're uh, they're big Chiefs fans because, you know, they're kind of a powerhouse and have been the past few years. So what about you? You're a football guy. You know, I think the Chiefs will win. I think Mahomes is unstoppable. I, I really do. I, I just think in the big games, he he doesn't get beat. Uh, and the defense is better than credit for. But I have to say my heart is with the Niners. I love mm. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, my two fantasy football, I both, both my fantasy football pools this year. He, he won me one and got me third place in the other. So I'm, I'm loyal. Put it this way, Christian McCaffrey made me a net positive, cash flow positive in fantasy football this year. There you go. So I am all That's on what it is. the Christian McCaffrey. There you thing. go. If you butter the bread on both sides, Elliot is on your team. There you go. How many push-ups, by the way? We'll finish on this one. How many push-ups today? I beat Brody today, 84. Hey, attaboy. There you go. I'll tell Brody. He'll be so upset. He'll be wonderful. I kicked your 12-year-old son's ass. Everybody needs to know that. (laughs) All right, Kramer. Dominate the dojo. Off for the weekend for you. You'll be good. (laughs) 